Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Primordial Evils of the Universe. Written by Vass underscore. Around the orbit of an immense gas giant, there's a huge star base. All around it are advertisements in many strange languages of the galaxy. They're promotions for alien products, the purpose of which eludes us. This is the galactic bazaar of our galaxy. There amongst the crowds that fill the streets walks a Garblemox. There's nothing special about him. He's just an average Thrumbleglesian guy having a nice Ermoglesag with his juggerloth. He stumbles upon a strange shop where nothing catches his eye. It looks like an antique shop of some kind. There are curious-looking glasses on display in the glass case. The shopkeeper appears from the shadows of the doorway. One of his eyes is obviously blind and he has a creepy aura about him. Globomox quickly turns away and tries to walk out, but he feels the shopkeeper's kerblam on his plowow. Please don't be a stranger. You're looking at the glasses, were you not? Um, I... yeah? Just something caught my eye. Come here, I'll let you take a look. Garblemox hesitates for a moment, but then goes into the shop with the shopkeeper. It has a certain feel and look of mystique within. A faint scent of incense invades his olfactory organs, and the Garblemox enters the shop. Near lights illuminate some of the items, giving them an eerie glow in the dimly lit shop. The shopkeeper takes an item from one of the displays by the window and lays it on the table before Garblemox. It's a strange pair of glasses with mysterious carvings on it. This is what you were looking at, was it not? Yes, it it seemed interesting. What is it? Have you ever heard of the cursed ones? The ones who, some say, thousands of years ago, appeared seemingly from nowhere. Traders from another galaxy, they were. So they said... Yes, my my mother told me about the stories of them, and their horrid illusions, and their curse. Yes, yes, their curse, the illusions. Those traders, they sold things from whatever twisted nether realms spawned them, and soon it was found that those items were not what they seemed, but rather cursed items. Whatever it was they sold, it could be an elaborate piece of technology, or something simple like a vase, a brush, a smudge and bob, or anything at all, and it would carry its curse within... Uh-huh. Garbermax is getting nervous as the shopkeeper continues telling him of the horrors of the cursed ones who, after a while, had disappeared mysteriously. This item, these... Uh, Glasses are a replica of one of the cursed items they sold. Sunglasses, they called them. They'd protect your eyes from the rays of the sun. A simple and primitive piece of technology. But these came with a cool twist. Try them on. 
Barbara Max tries on the glasses and the words fade away. Strange visions unfold before his eyes. Visions of strange aliens on a journey through strange virtual world. He takes off the glasses and buys them. They seem interesting. Later, when he gets home, he watches the visions and finds out that he can move within them. It's an amazing experience. He goes through it once, but he feels like he needs more. He goes to the shopkeeper to see if he has more of the visions. He does. In fact, he has many strange items that also have the same visions, and he convinced Garbermax to buy a toilet brush through which he would experience the very same vision. Over and over, he goes to the shopkeeper to buy new items with visions until these items are visions for his house. Garbermax visits the shop a thousandth time. He leaves the shop happily again with a brand new toothbrush through which he can experience the same vision again. As the door closes, the shopkeeper turns away and takes off the mask. Underneath the mask, a being from the dark past that we all thought was long gone by now. This perpetual primordial evil will not rest until everything is Skyrim. It was Todd Howard all along, and he was sold another Skyrim. A movie theater screen fades to black. Credits roll. Kermember Bax and Olga Roar watch the film end. They're visibly shaken by the spooky twist at the end. Harry nervously laugh it off and head out to the movie theater, greeting one of the employees standing by the doorway. As they step out into the dimly lit theater, Clabberbax is blinded by a bright sky. His eyes are starting to adjust as a voice speaks to him. Hey, you! You're finally awake! You were trying to cross the border, right? Walked right into that imperial ambush, same as us. And that's Steve over there. Clabberbax's face freezes in terror as he realizes where he is. It wasn't the movie theater. It was a trap. The movie theater employee by the door closes it and turns to walk away, revealing his face. It's a cybernetic Todd Howard. You would think this was the end, but it isn't. This is Todd Howard. Why don't you check out Skyrim Special Edition on Steam? End of story. Story number two. Rampant, written by Algy Father Anthracite. Honestly, it may take a millennia, but in all likelihood, a few centuries is usually enough to process and sequence all samples and generate a solution, Abzek of the Sava said. Why so long? I mean, I'm assuming generating a species-specific solution may take a while, but surely a lot of this is covered by broad-spectrum antibiotics, Ambassador Chen replied. He sat on the other side of a clear divider, embedded on all four sides in a hermetic seeding agent. A small speaker was mounted just below that, a small shelf just jutting out below the window on which he had compared an irrelevant data and a com-channel data connection. He sat opposite Isvac, the Sava ambassador to the Terran Union, who was looking back through the glass at him. Asvac, male, analog of his species, looked puzzled or upset. The body language wasn't getting more obvious after the months of observation, but it was still hard. What are these antibiotics? Asbeck asked. His teal fur rippled as it topped again. He didn't have the head, per se. This main sensor organ was on a movable stalks, and his, uh, talking mouth was located in the center mass of his torso. 
He had an eating mouth on the opposite side. He could swivel his photo and audio receptors nearly 360 degrees sphere. He looked to Chen like a real-life version of a child-stuffed monster. What kind of solution do you normally use to deal with these things? asked Chen. A genetic code insertion to deny the infection agent a suitable attack vector in the host. Most species are able to get 99% immunization after several generations of gene therapy. We will find any relevant sequence on the DNA and the microbiome and alter the targeted sequence in a non-compromising fashion. Chen's mouth went slack as he realized that several very important implications of this information. After several long moments where his mind ran through a number of horrifying ideas, he settled on what was, hopefully, the least likely, but also the least horrible solution. He swallowed hard. His mouth was suddenly very dry. Azbek, how many microorganisms on average exist in a typical species microbiome? There are, of course, outliers, but uh, usually a dozen or so. My species in particular is one of the farthest outliers. We have almost 30 pathogens and close to 3,000 microorganisms. It's one of the reasons we perform as communications with first contact species, such as yourself. Oh, I think we may need to cover some very serious information here, Azbek, and I need to make sure that it is okay to do so. I'm going to call the recess for three standard time units. Chen started to collect his thoughts and belongings. Azbek himself, a seasoned ambassador, noted how mad the human counterpart seemed, at least to his own imperfect command of the human body language. The dermis, just above the human's photoreceptors, was suddenly rigid. The oral mouth was turned down to the ends, and the cranium was tilted forward and down. Chen, have I angered you? Perhaps your species does not allow for gene modification. Sorry, Aspect. I'm not mad. I'm uneasy. It is nothing that you have done, but rather a serious roadblock to our integration. As I said, I must seek out the counsel of my superiors. Forgive my abruptness. Chen shook his shoulders, letting his arms swing back and forth as he did so, approximating a server gesture of greeting and farewell for the esteemed friends and colleagues. He then turned and walked out of the room. Chen sat in a chair, going over the notes while waiting for Sabra Ambassador to arrive. He heard the ding of the comm unit activating and looked up to see Azvac coming in through the glass. He stood up and once again flailed his arms back and forth this time in greeting. He was happy to see that Azbek did not hesitate to reciprocate in kind. His abrupt departure after the last meeting had been overlooked and would not cause an issue. Chen ran through the formal greetings and meeting protocols, then addressed Azbek directly. Azbek, first allow me to apologize for my behavior at the end of our last meeting. It was a shock to hear that the method of disease control for most galactic citizens is gene therapy and genetic manipulation. While the Terran Union does use such methods on an individual basis, we use an entirely different and altogether, if you pardon the pun, alien method of disease control for almost all of our diseases. Chen paused to send a prepared data package to Azbek. In it was a complete history of humanity's fight against diseases. From the Black Pague to the Baxter Syndrome, HIV to the Acterian Flu, it also included a comprehensive PhD's worth of immunological history and data. On top of that was a pathologist's dream encyclopedia of every known microbe inside the Terran Union, malignant and benign. 
It was a testament to the breadth of data that even with a gigabyte per second data transfer over a short distance, it still took close to two minutes to download and complete. Azvek accessed the data after the transfer was complete, and slowly his fur started to ripple. The longer he read, the faster it moved, until he looked as though he was trapped in a wind tunnel. Azvek, where we're from, disease is ludicrously common. I am myself covered in millions of different types of microbes, and even more live inside my body, in a symbiotic relationship with my digestive tract. In the early days of human history, we nearly wiped out several times due to global pandemics. Not just humans, but crops and animals. Even insects on our home world are often attacked by disease. Humans have a complex and self-modifying immune system that helps us fight off disease. And when that fails, we use drugs called antibiotics to fight the disease. And other drugs to treat symptoms of diseases for which we have no antibiotic. I myself have had numerous infections, colds, flu, staph, ursa am, chickenpox and more. Humans get sick all the time. Hell, we have a disease called cancer that is literally our own cells going out of control to cause something called tumors. Azvek sat on the side of the glass, were threatening to fly off and ripple so quickly. You, you have those thousands of diseases. How? How are you not dead? How have you uh, made it so far? I cannot even comprehend what you must think of us with our paltry handful of sicknesses. What kind of hell is your home? It's a lot like other planets, but it has a lot more biodiversity. If we are right in our estimates, by several orders of magnitude. At first, we thought that the places we went to were simply places where life had yet to branch out and flourish. Then we thought maybe we were just being too generous in what we thought was a Goldilocks zone. For distance from the sun planet. After you dropped your tidbit about 30 diseases being high side outlier for disease by species... We realized, on Earth, life everywhere, it clings to every surface and the kind of tenacity and determination that means even places that should, by rights, be antithetical to life, as we understand it, are still teeming with what we call extremophiles. As Vectori's photoreceptors away from the display and looked through the glass, on the other side was a being he considered as a friend, someone he had worked closely with for months, someone who he now knew was festering a bioweapon on legs. Azmak felt slightly ill. Chen looked at his counterpart. Sorry to drop this on you, Azmak. I just felt like there was a significant disparity in our technical and biological data. I felt important to share this as soon as possible so as to ensure nothing serious happened. We feel pretty sure that we can cut down on the integration of a new species. We are experts in immunology. We have had and survived numerous species-threatening pathogens. We have methods and treatments to deal with almost all of them. We have been doing so for thousands of years. We can do the same for you and the rest of the Galactic Treaty member species. After all is said and done, life on Earth, even microbial life, is rampant. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. 
And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.